Hello and welcome into the Birds and Braves podcast. I'm Luke Winstall. Thank you all for tuning in. Today I had some questions about the Atlanta Braves. Some questions about what they should do with their bullpen. Should they sign Kimbrel or Keuchel? What moves could they or should they make at the trade deadline? And also I was wondering about the rookie years of some players like Austin Riley, Mike Soroka, and some of the others in the Braves' young core. So I decided to bring in Nick Cellini, co-host of Cellini and Domino, on local Atlanta radio station 680 The Fan. Cellini talked Braves with me and answered all my questions. Here's my interview with Nick, recorded on June 4th, 2019. Nick, thank you for joining me on the show. Luke, my pleasure. How are you doing today? Doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to having a conversation about uh, everything. So, ready when you are, man. Fire away. All right. Well, my first question, I wanted to talk about the Atlanta Braves to begin and start off with the MLB draft that we had last night. I wanted to get your thoughts and your reaction to the Braves picking Shea Langoliers at 9 and Braden Shoemaker at number 21. What did you think of the first round for the Atlanta Braves? Well, Langoliers is a guy saying he has the fast track to be defensively anyway a major leaguer in the not-too-distant future. And when you look at the pipeline and catcher, they really haven't had that since the days of uh, Brian McCann. So in that regard, I, I think it was a solid pick. Although, you know, let's face it, in any draft, let alone the major league draft, nobody really knows what the future is going to hold. And then the kid out of Texas A&M, I know he was a shortstop in college, but he played a little bit of outfield. They say could project as a second baseman as well, one of those utility guys. And, and let's face it, in today's game, the more you can do, the better. The interesting thing is uh, with Brian Bridges being gone for the first time since the early 90s, they actually went with a position player in the first round, very much going against what the Braves had been about over the years. But with Alex Anthopoulos getting his people in there now, it looks like uh, they're going in the other direction, going for position players. In fact, I think 22 position players went overall in the first round. First time that's happened in quite some time, if maybe the first time in the history of the, the amateur draft. When you look at the Braves' pipeline, I see a lot of pitchers in that top 30. Do you think part of it is just trying to get some of the other guys, other positions and position players in there in among your top guys? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, the theory is when you take a bunch of pitchers, let's say you you have 10 pitchers that you take in the first or second round, the assumption is, you know, 7 out of 10 are going to flame out. If you can get three of them to be bona fide major leaguers, let alone two of them uh, be bona fide stars somewhere down the line, you're doing okay. But the, the minor league system, when you think about the draft choices because of the, the international scam and everything else with, with John Copalello when he was here, they're going to pay the price somewhere down the line, so they, they need to start stockpiling position players as well, and, and they can ill afford to miss because they're very limited with what they can do on the international level now. So you're talking about these domestic players, like the kids that they drafted in the first round last night or on, uh, what was it, uh, Monday night. They have to come through right away. Uh, if not, you're, you're kind of behind the eight ball if you're the Braves, unlike maybe some other organizations who still have that international pull. Everybody, I'm sure you've seen this on your Twitter account, every Braves fan, whenever the bullpen blows a game or gives up runs, they want Kimbrell. They're commenting, they're telling everybody, the Braves want Kimbrell, he's out there to be signed. Dallas Keuchel is also out there, former Astros starter. The Braves are rumored to have interest in him along with New York today. So what are your thoughts there? Is it a good idea for the Braves to sign either or both of them? Well, 
signing Craig Kimbrell to a three-year deal. I mean, people are in love with the Craig Kimbrell, and rightfully so. That was here closing for the Braves a few years ago. But don't forget, last year, he wasn't the same pitcher. In fact, it was Chris Sale who closed out the World Series. It wasn't Craig Kimbrell because the Red Sox can no longer count on him. You can't – I know the money is there, but you can't afford to pay a guy like that for three years. And I think it's the same deal with Dallas Keuchel. I mean, they're talking about – signing him uh, sight unseen, signing him without working him out, which I think would be flat-out irresponsible. So I, I'm more along the lines of, of taking the other side of this. Uh, I know what they've been in the past, but what you were in the past isn't necessarily an indication of what you're going to be in the future. Be careful if you're going to sign a Kimbrel or a Keuchel to a longer-term deal. And I, I'm just not willing to do it. Yeah, I agree. I'm in that boat as well. I took a vacation up to Boston last week and I talked with a lot of Red Sox fans and I was like, man, do you think Kimbrel's worth it if we were to pay him the big bucks? And I got a unanimous no. They were saying that he was walking guys and putting guys on base and he just wasn't the same version of himself. I totally agree with what you said there on Kimbrel and Keuchel. Now with the bullpen that you mentioned, it's still in flux. I like that the team has started to get things sorted out. They've found some guys that have been getting outs and they've gotten rid of some of the guys like Jesse Biddle and Johnny Venters that haven't been able to get the outs for them. How do you think the team could make that bullpen better for the stretch run? Is there competing with the Phillies and also for the playoff run? You know, I I think, and it's going to be crazy to say, but I think a guy like A.J. Minter, who's been pitching very well, quietly pitching very well down to AAA, is going to have to come back and find some of his magic. I know that Brian Snicker said, he really didn't have a spring training. Well, neither did Mike Soroka, and that really hasn't affected him so far. The control problems, the mental problems, I, I think that's the biggest thing with this bullpen, especially at home. They seem to press a lot more at home than they do on the road. Somehow, some way, they're going to have to get over that psychological barrier. If they can't, then I don't think they're going to overtake the Phillies. You're going to have to have some modicum of consistency coming out of this bullpen. Luke Jackson still giving up home runs here and there, and Luke Jackson, the multiple inning saves. I just don't know how long he's going to be able to keep that up. I've looked at the Braves and their AAA roster. You've got A.J. Minter, Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson, Shane Carl, and A.J. Minter, among other guys that are down there that have major league experience. I think they can get something done in-house. Are there any trades that you would look to consider if you're the Braves for a bullpen guy like maybe a Shane Green from Detroit or any of the other rumors? Yeah, I mean, the problem now is when you start talking about bullpen guys and you start talking about so many different teams in contention with the second wild card, it's it's kind of a crapshoot because all it takes is one team offering the farm, so to speak, and the Braves just aren't willing to do that. We had Mark DeRosa on from Major League Baseball Network last week, and he said something that I think – stuck with me. He said, there's a distinct possibility this team might make a couple of minor deals around the trade deadline, but they're going to stand pat. They're going to say, look, if not this year, next year, the year after that, we've got a lot of guys coming through the pipeline, position players and pitchers, and we're going to wait it out. And That's something Braves fans certainly don't want to hear, but there's a very real kind of something worth thinking about what Mark DeRosa had to say last week. Yeah, I look at that with the Braves standing pat, and after watching the Dodgers series, I know that has been a little bit of time ago, but I have to wonder, is the team ready to contend this year? Do they have that kind of depth and that kind of pitching to make a deep run? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, even if they add a couple of pieces to the bullpen, 
can they still keep up with a team like the Dodgers? Do they have the horses to compete with a team like that? I'm not really sure that they do. I think when you break it down, position player by position player with the Phillies, I think they can hang around the big picture when you look at the National League. Now, I'm not really sure anybody's going to overtake the Dodgers. They just have too many bats. They have too many pitchers, and, and seemingly, I mean, they come at you in waves, both offensively and when you talk about their starting staff. The Braves have had some young players that we've been looking forward to seeing for a long time. For example, Max Fried, who's pitching tonight, also Austin Riley and Mike Soroka, among others. Is there a Braves player from those three or anyone on the team that has been the most pleasant surprise to you this year? Well, I think it has to be Austin Riley. I mean, Austin Riley was the National League Rookie of the Month for May, and his power numbers since he's been called up, never mind rookies, or anybody in the National League. I, I don't think anybody could have foreseen this happening this quickly with Austin Riley. And, and certainly Austin Riley's going to come back down to earth. I mean, nobody nobody is going to stay that hot. I don't care who you are. But the thing about him is having talked to him at spring training, he's already married. He's 22 years old. He's on such an even keel that I don't think it's going to affect him all that much. One of the unpleasant surprises has been Ronald Acuna, who's been in a slump. And if you look at him, Ronald Acuna loves playing baseball, and he's a guy that I think right now is thinking too much at the plate. And they say that about just about any baseball player. Once you start thinking too much, that's when you get into trouble. And I think if you see it, his body language, the look in his eyes, Acuna is doing way too much of that right now. He has to somehow, some way, get back to basics and just have fun out there and be a free swinger and play baseball. Yeah, and you mentioned Austin Riley and his start. Have you ever, in all of your years watching baseball, seen a start like that from a rookie? No. I mean, even when Ronald Acuna first came up, he was the talk of the town, but nothing like this. I mean, he is, he's setting records left and right. And the, the discipline that he has at the plate, you know, for everybody talking about the power numbers, the hit that he had in San Francisco, that extra inning game a couple of weeks back when he had an 0-2 count and he drove the ball the other way, I mean, that's something you don't see very often. Look, he's going to strike out a lot. That's just how he's built. That's how the modern baseball player, in fact, is built. But there's some plate discipline there as well. And to me, that's been the most pleasant surprise when you talk about Austin Riley. Another player that I've liked, I can't say I've maybe been surprised by it, but I've been very happy with his performance, is Dansby Swanson. Had yeah. a huge game on Sunday against the Detroit Tigers. What do you think has been the difference for him in 2019? I think his opposite field power has been the key. You know, when he first came up, and even going back to last year, that pitch down and away, that slider, he would just kind of go fishing. And now he's driving the ball the other way. Again, continue that then really there's no holes in his swing. And, again, he's not going to be a guy that they hit for a high average. He's just not that type of player. But if you're talking about a guy in the two-hole who's going to hit 25 home runs and drive in over 100 runs, that guy being Dansby Swanson, I don't think anybody saw that coming. So if he hits 265 and he puts up power numbers like that, certainly that's something everybody's willing to take. But, again, that, that down-and-away pitch was the hole in his swing, and, and that hole is no longer there. So, to me, that's the biggest difference. Do you think Dansby should be an all-star this year? I do. I mean, uh, it's hard to debate otherwise when you look at his power numbers. Again, the batting average isn't exactly where you want it to be, but if he continues on this power surge that he's on, then uh, I think certainly he merits consideration. And then from the Braves' perspective as a team, Alex Anthopoulos in the front office, do you try to lock up Dansby after this year, or what do you do just because it looks like he's only going up from here? Well, it seems like that's the 
trend with them. They're going to try to lock in some of their younger players. And if they think Dansby Swanson is the future, then certainly you've got to believe, and especially, again, if he continues to do what he's doing this year, they're going to have those conversations. Now, will he sign a team-friendly deal like Acuna and Ozzie Albies did? I don't know if he's willing to go that far. But, again, at least you know the Braves are willing to have those conversations. Put pen to paper, in fact, with some of their younger players, their so-called core. That's all the questions I had. Thank you for your time, Nick. Anytime, sir. I'm here for you. You have my number. Give me a call. Awesome. Thank you.